0: Hello everyone and welcome to From Tip to Tail, a podcast dedicated to animal welfare. This podcast is sponsored by Cuddly. Cuddly is the only crowdfunding
1: platform built specifically for animal welfare organizations worldwide. I'm Bridget. And I'm Sydney. We've spent years working with animal rescues and have seen such amazing innovation, strength, and heart. Having this personal connection with rescuers has
0: made us more informed, grateful, and inspired. We hope by giving you an inside look,
1: you will be too. Today, we're gonna be sitting down with Brittany James, board member and financial grants manager of Animal Tracks, a hands-on animal sanctuary located in Los Angeles, California, that saves and rehabilitates monkeys, kangaroos, wolves, and other exotic animals. The exotic pet trade is something that plagues our nation every day, but it's something that we've yet to really touch on here at Copley. That's why we were so excited to bring Brittany on to discuss the importance of exotic animal education, as well as some insight into everyday life at the sanctuary, where they work to provide appropriate habitats and nutrition to dozens of species. If you like this episode, be sure to click that subscribe button to listen in on similar stories. Other than that, let's get started. Hi, Brittany.
0: Welcome. Hi, thank you. We're super excited to get into everything that you do in animal welfare and the organization that you're involved in. So before we jump into everything, like where are you located?
2: We are located in Agua Dulce in LA. It's in the LA area, Los Angeles County. It's like on the outskirts, a little bit in the country. So if you're in the valley, it's about 45 minutes outside the valley not far and no one would believe that we have what we have just like 45 minutes
0: outside the city. Amazing. I know, I think everyone pictures LA with like skyscrapers and like the walk of fame, but there's nature there too.
2: Oh, so much of
0: it actually. Definitely. Well, so so tell us. How did Animal Tracks start? So, we started in
2: 2008 with a lady that's currently not running animal tracks right now. So she saw a need for a sanctuary for wildlife, especially in the Los Angeles area. I'm not sure if many people are aware of it because it seems that people are always a little bit surprised when they hear about us and hear how we started. But exotic pet trade is a big thing, especially in Los Angeles with a lot of wealthy people, celebrities, famous people rich people, you know, just it is what it is. And so people will buy monkeys, kangaroos, marmosets, ferrets, which have become illegal. And people will buy that, those animals, and then they'll realize they're really hard to take care of. And they don't actually like being in a house, regardless of how big the house is, they want to be in nature. And they're not native here to California. So a lot of times people will buy them elsewhere, bring them over here, and then either they get caught, number one. Number two, they're too hard to take care of. Or number three, they get injured and they can't take them to a vet because they have them illegally. So then they don't know what to do and they it jeopardizes the animal's welfare. So this lady determined that there was a need for this kind of thing, especially in LA. and so in 2008 she created animal tracks and the current director now took over I to be honest, I don't know how many years ago she took over. It just feels like she's been doing it forever. And yeah, just like it's just history after that. we just have a constant need. We're still getting animals to this day of people that we just got a capucha monkey actually literally a month ago so it's definitely still a need because once someone has an animal and they decide they no longer want it you can't send it back to where it's native from it won't survive so you can't bring a kangaroo and then send it back to australia and just ship it back it doesn't work that way (laughs) once you have it here it's here unfortunately And so now you have to find a place that can take care of it and has the skills and the knowledge. And the other thing about animal tracks that makes it so amazing is California requires 10,000 hours of interaction with each species in order to be permitted to take care of them. So if you can imagine that is a lot, so 10,000 hours of interaction per species, we have I mean, I would say 20 offhand, but I, I know it's more than that. And our director meets those qualifications easily based off of her previous work history. Wow. So we have kangaroos, capuchin monkeys, squirrel monkeys, marmosets. We have a pig, emus, raccoons, thinnick fox, redtail fox.
1: I think I saw you had a scorpion.
2: A scorpion. We have... So cool. Oh, man. we Oh, cockatoos. We have wolves. We have an armadillo. We have a baboon. We have a macaque monkey.
0: And you have to imagine, too, like, I'm, this sounds like so much to navigate, too, because it's, you can't keep them all together. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you don't want the pig with the emu or the wolf with the pig. Yeah. We don't want a, a three little pig story.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. How much space do you have as an organization then?
2: We are currently on, it just feels so big. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, I want to say it's a couple acres, like an acre and a half, which doesn't seem big, but the way it's set up, we make it work really well. I don't actually know the answer to that, but I want to say it's like, I want to say it's a couple acres and that doesn't include our wolf yard. I believe. So we're actually, the person that owned Animal Tracks before had a house um, on the property. And so it's totally a home. Like the director lives there 24 seven. So if anything's going on, the animals are literally constantly looked out for and cared for. They're not left alone. So it's on her property and there is a huge barn for like the food and anything that We keep the mice away and other other wildlife away from their food and things like that. And then there are the enclosures. You go in, there's these enclosures. And then there's a massive wolf yard that's completely fenced in. So in order, we have one, two, three, four, five, five wolves and one coyote-wolf hybrid. Wow.
0: I mean, that definitely constitutes a pack at at that point, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've got a pretty big pack. And so the coyote wolf hybrid, she needs to run by herself. She's a solo, solo gal, which I admire. Um, and We have our pack crew. And so they run in, in this wolf yard and that's how they get their exercise. But it's completely enclosed and it's huge. It's got all these trees, a hill. So they just play and go crazy and then they go back in their enclosures. They have the protection of their enclosures that also protect them and protect the other animals, but they also get the freedom, which is the greatest part about animal tracks. It's not uncommon to go into animal tracks when you're volunteering and have kangaroos just walking around (laughs) or the pigs out or someone's got the baboon out on a leash, which would be the director. She's, that's her, that's her gal, but she will have the baboon out. And, you know, that's not uncommon because these animals are so well cared for at our facility. And they're so, we don't put them there to entertain people. We don't put them there to do tricks. We don't put them there as our personal pleasure. We let the animals pick their caretaker. So if you're a new volunteer and you're coming into animal tracks, you'll go into animal tracks, you'll get the whole spiel from our director and you'll do everything. And then you start working and you start doing the work. And if an animal acclimates to you and is inclined to you and they pick you, that's your animal. It's very much in the animal's favor. There's days where monkey might be in a bad mood. And if they don't want to be dried off from a bath, we're not going to make them dry off and force them into anything. We'll just, okay, let's have someone else do it. Because we very much believe that they're to teach us about animal welfare and conservation and things like that. And, and not there for us to use them.
1: And imagine too, that probably makes your like volunteers have a really personal experience, like more so than they would have with another organization, just because you get that connection.
2: A hundred percent. Yeah. I personally am a wolf girl, so I have my wolf man raider. He's my love, (laughs) but I love all the wolves. And Stacy, the director, is the baboon. Chrissy, the baboon, is her. That's her just soulmate, love, best friend. And then we joke their boyfriend is Frank the Tank, which is the armadillo. The pig kind of just loves everybody, whoever will feed her.
1: <laughs>
2: but we have, because there's animals like the pig that just love everybody. But monkeys in particular, they are very picky. And they are very, they vibe with energy. And they pick up on energy. And an older monkey is probably not gonna like a kid or a younger person. They're gonna want someone older. They like to match with people. It's very cool to see. And so they, especially the monkeys, they pick who they love. And we have a monkey um, named Tara, who actually was the Pirates of the Caribbean one monkey. Wow. So she's with us now, and she was cared for and it just film industry so that's a that's a situation where it wasn't um harm neglect anything like that she was a she was an actress and she had a great career as we all know pirates right <laughs> but she's she got sick she has lymphoma and so her care just became more intensive so we took over her care and she's on a super healthy diet now with cancer fighting foods and she sees the vet regularly and also She now has other capuchin monkeys. It's kind of like human health, as we all have figured out in the pandemic, is we need people. We need connection. It's literally the same with these animals. So when they're in the film industry, oftentimes they can be a little lonely or they're working. And so she's here. She doesn't have to work. And she just gets to vibe with her other monkey friends. She picked a volunteer. His name is Bill. She picked Bill as her person. So we have videos, I think, actually on her cuddly campaign, too. because She has a campaign of uh, her sitting on Bill's shoulders blowing bubbles.
0: Aww.
2: So he's blowing bubbles and she's just like loving and picking at the bubbles and, and just doing the, her little monkey laugh and just happy as ever. And that's the life we want for our animals.
0: That's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I feel like, too, you've touched on so much already, but one of the things that I feel like really resonated with me is you're bringing these animals out. You said they couldn't go back to where they came from. So they're domesticated to some level, but I think a lot of people don't realize there's not like domesticated and not domesticated. There's like a bit of a range. The whole spectrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like there are probably some that are like, leave me alone. Like I'm antisocial and, and some that are like, I wanna be on you all day.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like Sarah just porker. <laughs> um she's our pig. And she is she just loves scritches. She comes up. I mean, obviously if you've got food, she's like, hello, give me some food. But she just she loves just visiting everyone around the sanctuary when all the volunteers are around and just is so social. And I've been out with the wolves a lot and Raider. He totally comes up and like asks for butt scratches and wants a kiss and just, and he'll rub against you and just happy, happy go lucky, you know, but I totally agree. There's not, it's not so black and white that we've had other partnerships or grants that have asked us and specifically asked us questions like that of, will our followers or our people that we're going to be partnering with don't really want to see animals for entertainment or animals in cages or things like that. And it's like, what we do is so different than that. I mean, most of these animals would just, would either die in their situation because they wouldn't go to a vet. And so they would die there or they would just have to be, if if they were confiscated with no sanctuary to go to, they would be euthanized. So we give them a place to live out the rest of their life with species of the like that they can hang out with. Like we have a squirrel monkey, also a campaign that we have with Cuddly. Her name's Leah. She came to us from an injury because she got stung in the eye from a bee and she couldn't be taken to the vet because she would, you know, it would be a big fine and it would be discovered. So we took her and she has another squirrel monkey buddy named Luke. So it's Luke and Leah. And they just adore each other. And you can see it. They're happier. They're healthier. She has alopecia as well. And her hair like grows back because of how happy she is.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: It is very much a range that we want to educate and tell people. That's why we, we try to get out there and get our name out there. Because we want people to know we're different. We're not a zoo. We're not a place where people just come to just look at them and whatever like they have a home with us. They live with us. They are so well taken care of and we don't make them do anything. And the the greatest thing too is when people come and visit us, we really value education. So we're huge in educating about conservation and animal welfare, animal care, especially the exotic pet trade and that industry. We have had people all over the world come and visit us and We'll tell people, oh, uh, like a very prime example is monkeys. You know, when you're out in the wild and you see a wild animal, you're like, oh, I want to smile. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. I love it. How cuddly. But a smile to a monkey is actually very threatening. And so what you're supposed to do when you see a monkey is actually smack your lips. So you're supposed to like, and they love it. And they just, they go like this and they like turn their head and they just adore that sound. And it completely changes their demeanor. And so we've had people go on trips to India or anywhere around the world and say, oh, I saw a monkey in the wild and I smacked my lips and it was so happy and it went away. Versus I saw a monkey in the wild and then I got bit and it was a big issue, which happens a lot because you're literally in the jungle or out in the wild visiting animals. And you don't know what to do that's gonna make their demeanor calm. And so because of that 10,000 hours requirement that California has for our director to know everything about every species, she knows so many of those little nuances and educates people when they come to visit and tells them and then they tell more people and then they tell more people. So it's not just a place where you come and you look at animals. It's a place where we educate you and then you can take it out into the world and like use it for animal safety outside.
0: I love that. That is so great. And it also sounds like you've probably learned so many different animal <laughs> languages and nuances. Like you probably understand the most universal language at this point.
2: I know really. It's it is like it is a, a totally different language. But when you you just you well, you learn to as like a human when you go into that environment, you just learn to be more aware and to be more peaceful. And If you go in and you volunteer with these animals and you've had a really bad day and you're going to bring that energy in, that's not going to be good for you or them. Animals are energy well-beings. They pick up on that. And so it's just a great place for you to slow down and think and just be more mindful. And I feel like they have taught me that. And I know they've taught other volunteers that to just like, they just want to be fed and played with and cuddled with and live, live a happy life. And we get so caught up in work and the pandemic and what am I going to do for my life? And when are all my goals going to happen? And, and then you go like, hang out with a wolf or a monkey and they're just happy to have like peanuts.
0: The simple things. This is easy.
2: Yeah. The simple things.
1: Mm-hmm. I imagine too, probably it tells you, or it gives you probably a lot of insight on like your nonverbal cues you could be speaking really kindly and like even if you're having a bad day and whatnot, but your body could be saying a lot of things that you just don't realize until you go into that environment and they pick up on that.
2: Yeah, so much of your body just like holds tension and you don't realize or like the the monkey thing, the very subtle cue of changing from a smile to lip smacking literally changes their whole viewpoint of that situation. And that's so small. And it's other things like that too, that, that makes, I feel like our place so special and our director so special is she knows these things and she loves, she truly loves sharing them with the public.
0: It sounds so delightful. And I love the thought that like, you guys do have volunteers and that is an option for people in the area that they could come in and like enrich their lives in that way.
2: Yes. I don't know if we need volunteers right now because I know we just did a huge call for volunteers and we got a lot of applications, so I, which is great. So I think we're going through those. But if there is anyone out there that wants to work with animals consistently, because that's what we need right now is consistency. We have a, a lot of stuff going on that we'll talk about. And so we just really need people that want to come, want to help and have a passion but i mean how often do you get to say like oh on thursday afternoon i went and hung out with monkeys <laughs> like you know no one gets to really say that so to be able to to be a part of that and say that is it's really i feel like a a special volunteer experience that you're you're not going to find really elsewhere
0: absolutely now it sounds like you get a lot of your animals from a from a few different areas so is it do you find that it's like mostly people who with pets, mostly like showbiz? I'm not even sure. Do you Do you ever deal with like any sort of animals that have been a part of like laboratory testing, things like that?
2: I don't think we have any laboratory testing animals. Because I think from what personally, just my personal knowledge, those oftentimes tend to be like rabbits or dogs. And we don't have, we deal more in the exotic animal. I feel like it's pretty even. I mean, honestly, like we we've had neglect cases where an animal's injured and it doesn't get taken care of. We had a very very special girl, and she's on our Instagram, so everyone should definitely go just to look for her. But her name was Taylor and she was our she was a Madagascar uh, Madagascar lemur, and she just gorgeous, but she was injured by other lemurs and then wasn't taken care of and did, wasn't taken to the vet and it was a, a pretty intense case of neglect. So when she came to us she actually was paraplegic and so she couldn't use her back legs and she could use her front legs. She was super buff and she had a very happy life and it wasn't it wasn't like her quality of life was lower because she was a paraplegic you know we brought we took her in. We took her to the vet, we took care of her. She had like muscle therapy, massages, like laser therapy, all these like special things to make her happy and dietary stuff to help her and she just lived a great life and she recently passed away. So she was a pretty big loss for Animal Tracks because she was such a big personality in our sanctuary. So it's pretty quiet without her. We're Getting used to it, but like she was a pretty severe neglect case. We've had a couple confiscations where people are actually caught with animals and then they're given to us because at that point it's like, okay, they're not allowed to keep them anymore. So they just have to find somewhere for these animals to go. So I feel like it's mostly confiscation, surrender, or pet trade. I feel like that's where the majority of our animals are from but we do have people also willingly surrender animals to us our newcomer i guess came from a very loving home like extremely loving home for like a decade and i think their state laws are changing or they're moving or something so they basically surrendered him to us and he's great and very clearly well cared for and they just made the decision that was best for him so it's, it's not always bad or horrific situations. Sometimes it's very loving situations where people can't take care of them anymore. Our goal is to stop pet trade from the top, just like educate people on why pet trade is bad anyway and why you shouldn't bring these animals over ever. So that, you know, that is one of our education goals. But when people have the animals and then they want to surrender them to us and they came from a loving home, like, We're not going to shame anybody. We're not going to say no. We're not going to make anybody feel bad for it. They took care of an animal for a long time, and they're doing the right thing by surrendering it to us. So there's not much you can do at that point, but like proceed in love and take care of the animal. Because if you go around shaming people, it's going to stop people from coming forward, and that's the last thing we want to do. Is we want people to come forward, we want people to be educated, to learn, to have a healthy curiosity about the subject so that we can kind of cut it off from the top. But you don't get there by being bitter and shameful.
0: Such a good point. I mean, in in so many areas of animal welfare too, I know there are a lot of people who cast a lot of judgment over people who do owner surrenders and things. And it is so heartbreaking to see the animals who weren't owner surrendered, who were just like, discarded and different things like that and it's like if that's the other option like please be loving to everyone who's owner surrendering yeah we're
2: happy to give these animals a home they have a permanent home with us that's the great thing is if they can't go anywhere else and they can't be released they have a permanent safe loving home with animal tracks isn't that the goal
0: isn't that the the dream absolutely. Well, so tell us, how has Animal Tracks evolved and changed over COVID then? So
2: it's been really, really hard. We're dealing with, we dealt with COVID and then we're also going through some zoning issues with the county and we just have to move uh, locations, which if you can imagine moving an entire enclosure of wildlife is extremely hard. But it ha- they both happened simultaneously. So right when we needed our biggest push for donors to help us move, COVID happened. And so we had a lot of people who had their own personal struggles, understandably, and had to back out as donors or volunteers and had to be with the family. Whatever it was, whatever their situation was, we just noticed a huge dip in people being able to come to visit and donors and things like that on top of us needing to move. So, usually what we used to do pre-covid was we would offer people tours of our location of like come get an educational tour about wildlife and learn why we need to stop pet trade, cons- have wildlife conservation and be educated about these. We would even go to schools before covid. Like we would straight up take a monkey to a school which like I did not grow up in LA. So when I was told that information, I was like, wait a minute, people in elementary schools get monkey experiences? Like what?
0: It's like every every kid's best day of their life. I know.
2: Seriously, like definitely not where I grew up. That was not a thing. And so I was just shocked that, that it was amazing. And so we would go to schools. We would go to veterans building, which... Veterans Day today. So, we would go to a lot of veterans' places and schools and like Girl Scout troops or things like that. And we would do these educational spiels, I guess, on hey, this is a monkey. This is what this monkey needs. This is what you should do in the wild. You should smack your lips, not smile. This is why pet trade is not good. This is why we should conserve our wildlife and care about our wildlife. Another huge thing frank the tank the armadillo he digs tunnels and is a massive part of like an of our ecosystem because he digs tunnels so that other animals can get through and not all like the bugs and everything and it's this whole thing from an armadillo's tunnels so things like that possums eat ticks so a lot of people are terrified of possums we also have possums and skunks people are terrified of possums And they're scared and they, oh, they're in my trash. They're doing this and I hate them and I want to kill them because I don't, you know, I'm scared and, but they eat ticks. And so any person that has a dog should want to keep possums around because they eat the ticks in the environment. It's a total ecosystem thing. And so we go to these schools and everything. We teach all about that. It's a whole thing. That was pre-COVID. Obviously aren't doing that now and couldn't do that during COVID. and then. We had to stop doing tours. And then once it was kind of safe to do tours and and a lot of other businesses have been able to adjust, we're still facing zoning issues. So we can't even do tours anymore. So we're pretty much just like not making revenue, also having a struggle with donors and consistency and having people see our value, which to me is shocking because I walked into Animal Tracks the first day and I was like, Oh my god, this is the best place ever. I'm home. Let me do ABCD for you. And now I'm a board member and I'm like would live on their property if I could. <laughs> it's unbelievable for me that people can come and and not see the value or not like honestly throw their money at us cuz I just it's so magical when you're there. And maybe that's I'm just a different kind of animal person. I don't know, but it's just pure magic and You see the passion in all the volunteers, which is the greatest thing too. like the director. Just she bleeds passion for these animals and love and kindness and care. And the assistant director, it's the same. You just go there and you're just like, wow, they literally love these beings with all their soul. And so due to those issues, it's just it's been really a struggle for us. And we didn't know if we would make it through. And then we made it through. And we honestly don't know if we'll make it another year because we're just, it feels like we're just kind of getting by, which is very stressful for everybody. If you can imagine. And as we said earlier about energy and stress, right? Like we still have to show up for the animals. Animals can't feed themselves. They're not going to go into the barn, grab their food, put it in their bowl and then take it into their enclosure. Like they're not going to clean their own cage. Like or enclosures. None of them really live in cages. They can't do that. And so we have to do that. We have to show up for them every day. And I mean, our director and our assistant director are working seven days a week right now, just constant. And it's exhausting, but they show up because they love the animals. And we just are in a plea for people to see our value. But it's hard when you can't do tours. It's like, usually you get people to see your value when you can do tours and you can show people but we can't really do that right now so we're trying to do videos and we're trying to kind of our instagram game you know our social media we're trying to connect with the audience through the screen kind of right now so people can see the passion and the magic but it's hard when you can't actually bring people and show people but in our goal is we need to move in order to do that. Once we move, we can do that. We have a property. We just need to like build the enclosures and we have the enclosures and the property, but it's still a lot of money to transfer everything, make sure the land is right, make sure that it's just all the construction type stuff that gets really costly. And we completely, 110% know that once we do that, we'll be a completely self-sustaining entity again because we were a self-sustaining entity since 2008 when we were certified as a nonprofit. We've been self-sustaining ever since. So it's like, we know we can get there. It's just, we were thrown this like massive wrench into our whole structure. And that's not to say like, I I don't want to, discount the current volunteers we have and the current donors. And we have had a lot of grocery stores that honestly, I feel like have saved our lives. Like they're donating us their food, their meat. And so we're not pretty much like, I feel like our food budget is so low right now because grocery stores really stepped up in the pandemic and and helped us. So I don't want to discount any of the people that have, have really stuck in and have been helping us or discount the people that had to step out for personal reasons. Like, COVID messed with everybody, you know, like no judgment. Mm-hmm. We really just are like pleading at this point for people to, to come in and help us. Exposure is great, but exposure doesn't pay the bills. Exposure doesn't, exposure is not going to move us. Exposure is not gonna, it's a great step. And we're, we're happy to talk to people and get our name out there, but we're looking for like any celebrities out there want to like donate? I mean, we actually created like a a donation level kind of thing where we will name enclosures of certain animals after people if they make certain levels of donations. You know, we're trying to appeal to that, that celebrity, that wealthy audience of like, help us, like help us get this off the ground. Because once we get it to our new location, which Our new location, I think, is five acres. So it's even bigger. So like the wolf yard is going to be huge. We're going to have like an actual arena where the wolves can run in like free run and people can see and just be around for that and double the size of some of these enclosures. It's going to be great. And we did it before, so we know we can do it again. It's just we're in that phase of like, it feels like a really gigantic leap to get there.
0: It seems like you've gotten so creative with, with how you're adapting and how you're pushing for this new move. So first of all, kudos to you. And I feel like you're just at that point too, where you've, you're pushing the boulder up the hill. Right. And it's just like, suddenly you're going to break through.
2: That's what it feels like. It's like, I feel like we're at that right at the hill and we're like, come on the last push. Like we, you know, it's like, we feel like the universe is, is on our side and is, and is right there behind us. And we're just like waiting for it to give us our final push. But that's actually how I was introduced to Animal Tracks is I have an accounting background. And so one of the volunteers knew that because I had volunteered with them at a different place and they were like, oh, maybe she can help you during COVID because just obviously everything for everyone halted. And so... I did a few grants for them. And so I just kind of joined in as like, okay, I'll do your grants. I know accounting stuff. Great. And then I just fell in love and they never got rid of me.
0: (laughs) And then you started running with wolves. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Touching on what you said at the very beginning too, it is such a unique mission and unique opportunity that isn't a zoo. Because I know there's a lot of people who have very conflicting feelings about that these are animals that like absolutely need help. They were relocated. It wasn't their choice. And now they have this unique opportunity. And then you have this unique opportunity for education and all sorts of things. So it's such an amazing mission. It sounds like you have so, so many varieties of animals too. And even with that much more space, it's like, who knows how you could grow in that space exactly
2: the potential is is really endless in that new space of of being able to to help more people because we're like at a ceiling where we're kind of being forced to stop our our like revenue operations of like what keeps us going and what keeps the business going but we are still getting people requesting the need for us but like the need doesn't go away just because we're not able to go to schools and educate or bring people in for a tour and show people around. That doesn't mean that people are going to stop needing animals to take or or getting animals confiscated, unfortunately. Like that just doesn't stop. We we don't live in that world yet. And that we want to be bigger. We want more donors because we want to help stop that world of exotic pet trade. But right now that's just not the world we live in. So we're still getting people, like I said, we we literally just got a new monkey like a month ago. Because people come to us and they feel the difference than a zoo. They feel the difference. And that's why they want... I mean, th- most of our owners surrenders, like, they pick us because they know that their animal is going to be happy. And so I like that you touched on that because I don't want it to sound like when I say revenue or business, I don't want that crowd of people that's like, well, it's just a zoo. And I don't want people to be triggered by that or feeling that it's just this business for us that we're trying to get revenue. It's like, that's not it at all. The revenue is what keeps us going. The revenue is what keeps us caring for these animals. The revenue is what keeps us getting even bigger enclosures so that we can take in more animals because the need doesn't stop. It's unfortunate, but it just, it doesn't. And until we live in that world, there is still very much a need for animal tracks.
0: Well, and it even sounds like the quality of life for these animals. I mean, clearly, a celebrity is retiring at your facility. So, <laughs> so it's like, as far as animals are concerned, it's like the poshest retirement
2: <laughs> community in LA. It's like the millionaire estates in
0: Monopoly. Yeah. Basically. Oh my gosh.
2: And she's not our only like celebrity animal either. We have, we have a, a couple. She was also in, so she was in Pirates, but she was also in Babe Lost in the City.
1: Oh my yeah. gosh.
2: Yeah. It's the same monkey. We've got the celebrity monkey. We've got the wolves. we got the happy kangaroos that hop around. We have our cockatoos. We let them listen to Imagine Dragons. And they just like rock out and adore it and love it. So you just, you come in and, and they're living a, a great life. So if anything gets across to any of the listeners, it's, it's that. That they truly have a happy, healthy life. It's really magical, the life they get to live at Animal Tracks.
0: So amazing. Mm -hmm. So I do have some kind of like fun questions for you, which I'm so excited for. I feel like it's going to be extra fun. (laughs) I have to start out with, what is the naughtiest thing an animal has done at Animal Tracks?
2: (laughs) Oh gosh, in our wolf yard, like we have chairs so people can sit if they want. Um, and volunteers, because you know, like we don't, we're not like okay, go run around for five minutes and then come back. Like we're gonna let the wolves run around and let them get their energy out. So if you're a volunteer and you want to sit, I mean, it was just a couple weeks ago, Raider like grabbed the chair, the whole chair with his mouth, and just started carrying it around. <laughs> just like just started walking around with this chair in his mouth and showing everybody what a good job he did. And they just they all have such personalities like that. It's so. Funny, they love to play games. We have a macaque monkey. She's a baby. Her name is actually Bendy, cause so we named her after Bendy Sue Irwin. Mm. We're big, like loves the uh, Steve Irwin in Australia and the whole wildlife. It's really kind of like a brotherhood. And so we named our macaque Bendy. She's a baby, and baby monkeys are wild. It's she thinks it's hilarious, but she goes around and she like pulls clips out of your hair like we're like don't wear glasses you know or like with masks with COVID and everything she definitely is like oh let me see your mask what's under it like I want to see and she's just like always got her hands on like oh you have a clip okay I want to see that oh I'm gonna take your bobby pin out oh I want to like she it's just it's a door it's hilarious and adorable and the baboon is actually her mom we gave the baboon parenting classes to parent the macaque because both of them were abandoned both of them one of them didn't have a baby and one of them didn't have a mom and she was a baby baby I mean like she was itty bitty and so we kind of just taught the baboon how to be the mom to the macaque and so we'll be like oh Chrissy go get that and then the baboon will like go to the monk the macaque monkey the baby and like grab the clip and then give it to us like oh here is this what you were looking for So yeah, she's pretty naughty, but she's, it's, she's adorable.
0: Oh my gosh. That's so cute. And it's like, so funny. I I guess I didn't think about like, you know, that puppies have big energy. Yeah. But I didn't relate it to other animals. It's like probably every baby has big energy.
2: Oh yeah. Well, I mean like, right. We always talk about terrible twos and the three major and in actual human children. And it's like, this is that monkey. She is like twos of like, I want to explore and see everything and I don't care what my mom says and I'm just gonna go around and you see it too you see the mischief in her face like she grabs the clip and then she runs off like ha, 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 ha. and then the baboon's like no give that
0: back <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny it does sound like you have like it's almost like a sitcom you have like every personality like we
2: should literally have a show I feel like it's just like of watching these animals just live their lives and their hysteria because it's, it's, it's hysterical.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, so I know you already, you just mentioned the Irwins, but are there any other organizations that you guys are like partnered with or that you really love, like as far as nonprofits or, or other groups?
2: We like are looking for grants and I mean, we're always looking for grants. So we're partnered with Cuddly obviously. And like Tara, just push for Tara. Tara has a campaign. And so hers is actually paying for her lymphoma vet bills. And I think she's about like half of her vet bill goal. So words to the audience. Our little pirates monkey totally needs um, some of her vet bills covered. We've got Cuddly. We've actually partnered with like the county as well because the county has this like, fund for wildlife specifically. And so we applied for that. And that's been a big help. A couple like private foundations have done grants for us. We have another wildlife center in Los Angeles that is kind of like our sister center. Sometimes Frank will go over there and dig tunnels for them for their animals and, and stuff like that. So that's super helpful. But we really were just kind of self-sustaining before the pandemic and just kind of when COVID happened and the zoning issues happened, it's really, that's been kind of when we're like, oh, okay, like let's have partnerships. Let's pair with other nonprofits. Let's do a massive push for fundraising. So we're definitely still looking for those kind of partnerships. I know I've like totally DM'd Bindi, Sue Irwin, (laughs) myself, (laughs) but I'm like, I'm from like my private Instagram, which has my pit bulls, you know, so people are probably like, who is this lady like Instagramming me? And I'm like, no, I swear it's for wildlife. We're always hopeful that we, uh, we can push for these amazing people. So we do fun little videos. Like we have a video on our um, Instagram of Chrissy the baboon drinking out of a water bottle that Jason Momoa, he like came up with this new water and like distributed this new water we like have a video of a baboon drinking out of a water bottle, which if you've never seen a monkey drinking out of a water bottle, you should really watch it. It's hilarious. She literally like grabs it and drinks it like a human.
0: I feel like too, it sounds like you've just been so focused on just the animals and giving them <laughs> th- such great care. It's like you've developed into this little gem in in LA. It's, I feel like it's such a great opportunity for so many organizations. So I can't wait to see who jumps on it. Yeah, I hope so. Our last question we always ask is there any like mantra or motto that you tell yourself as you're channeling that positive energy and and you're working with the animals or you're you're trying to help them until you have
2: loved an animal a part of your soul remains unawakened. That's a huge one that's a big one for for the director herself. That's she loves that. She recently just got that in a tattoo actually. But I feel like every volunteer that works there totally believes that. Like until you have like loved an animal, it's just, it awakens a different part of you. And I feel like a lot of times when we were talking about that that mantra or trying to go in with a good energy, it's like you can have a bad day. And I feel like a lot of times the animals bring out the best in us.
0: For sure. I love that so much. That's so amazing. I mean, it is such a good point because I feel like we all get caught in our own little thing, right? Like emails or social media or running around errands and stuff like that. And taking that time to force yourself to be self-aware of like your energy and, and how you're being perceived is, is a very special thing. And it does kind of feel like you're snapping out of something or waking up. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. Personally, I know like I've had so many bad days and whether it's my personal dogs or when I go to animal tracks, it's like, something personal is going on or I'm sad or I'm dealing with something and I go in and I'm trying to think to myself be happy, be happy or have a better attitude and it's like I almost don't need to do that because when I go and I see the animal I'm like oh Mm -hmm. and they're just like a monkey's just swinging on a swing or a wolf is grabbing a chair or a pig is just running around asking for food it's like they just it's so much of the simple pleasures and you're you just you look at it and you're like wow what am I worried about? I forgot. Oh, yeah. I don't need to be worried. Like, and then once one of those animals chooses you and picks you, it's, I feel like it gives you a greater sense of responsibility of like, wow, this animal has picked me. Like, it's such a deep, like, love thing of you just don't realize, like you said, it's like you wake up a little bit, like your soul is like, oh, wow. It's very, like, touching.
0: So true. I love that so much. Thank you so much for chatting with us. I feel like this was so fun. And I feel like we're going to show up at your doorstep one of these days. Like, uh, I know.
2: Yes, please do. Um, When we're open and doing tours again, we are just wanting so much of people to come and experience us. But don't lose hope in us before that. Help us out. Help us to get there because pretty amazing once we get there.
0: Yes, definitely. Definitely. Brittany had so many amazing insights and we're so grateful she took time out of their busy schedule away from all the exotic animals to speak with us and to provide
1: some education. If you want to learn a little bit more about Animal Tracks, be sure to check our show notes or our blog. And as always, remember to rate, like, and subscribe to this podcast. And be sure to follow Cudley on all social media accounts at Cudley. that's C-U-D-D-L-Y. Thanks, guys.